0: This is Michael Cho, artist and illustrator, and you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through
1: innovation.
2: Forgive the interruption,
1: but I believe this requires your attention.
2: Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team.
1: We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so
2: am I.
1: These people may be isolated, unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, they can do exactly what you need. Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed
2: been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready.
1: And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's Ken and Kylan. Um. Uh, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) <laughs> um Hail Hydra Hail Hydra Eric's not Eric's not with us because Um I guess Touching Lola was more than Just a time out
0: uh, something
1: Um uh, This just a ac- serious offense. This just came across my desk from Jarvis Which thank you Jarvis For you sir anything Um Disney Cruise Lines It's going to do a Marvel Day at Sea. What? Take a stand alongside some of Marvel's mightiest heroes for an exciting day-long adventure available on select sailings departing from New York in fall of 2017. Unleash the hero within and experience the thrills of the Marvel Universe during an action-packed extravaganza where family fun rules. Join some of your favorite superheroes and villains from the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as Spider-Man for one epic day of filled with a one-of-a-kind entertainment, unforgettable meet-and-greets, and special offerings you won't find anywhere else. During Marvel Day at Sea, you will enjoy a spectacular deck party featuring dancing fireworks and the largest collection of Marvel superheroes and villains ever assembled on a cruise ship, thrilling photo ops, with some of your favorite heroes, including Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and Spider-Man. The newest Marvel Studios blockbuster inside the Walt Disney Theater, plus a Marvel movie marathon f- featuring past hits.
0: Yeah, just you just won't see me all day long. I'm done.
1: Open-air funnel vision screenings of the latest Marvel TV animated series. A fan-filled... The dog is loose in the lair. Um... Sorry, uh, I apologize ahead of time, but the new pup, just we're in growing phase with that pup. <laughs> um, we're hitting puberty with this pup. Oh, my gosh. Uh, a fan-filled costume celebration in the ship's atrium. Extraordinary games and activities at Disney's Oceaneer Club and throughout the ship. Sunrise superhero and supervillain appearances throughout the ship amazing themed food and beverages exclusive merch and collectibles the merchandise the merchandise I might be able to get here at the cast store once it happens once the events really? are over yeah some sometimes the extras come to the the cast the cast discount store afterwards lucky yeah it's like I could, I could get Star Wars at sea stuff for that uh, Marvel day at sea a heroic Celebration of the Marvel Universe is a one-day extravaganza available on select sailings from New York in October and November of 2017. For the remainder of your voyage, look forward to a thrilling itinerary of entertainment and activities from Broadway-style shows and innovative dining to immersive port adventures. Um, uh, Again, it's for select Bohemian and Canadian coast cruises from New York. That depart from New York in October and November 2017. So how's that to start a show? Man, Still ticks me off. They can have it on the cruise lines. They can have it in California. They can have it in Paris. They can have it in Tokyo. They can have it in Shanghai. They can have it in, in Hong Kong. But we can't have Marvel here. Except supposedly we're getting Doctor Strange in the parks. Avail- possibly available in the parks. I don't know which park. And we could have Guardians because that's the loophole of what we have in the park, but we can't use the word Marvel associated with them. It's just here's Doctor Strange, not Marvel's Doctor Strange. Because if we use the word Marvel, Universal is going to get ticked.
0: Well, then, how uh, about Luke Cage and Iron Fist?
1: Um, that might still be under the stuff. With the because they were popular with the comic books during the time Man. period that they have the book. The see, I think Universal most of Universal's deal is what bo- specific books from from a specific time period for the parks. That's why uh. their characters look like the the comic characters, not the yeah. movies.
0: Man,
1: and I think the Defenders are included in that. But if they are, then we we wouldn't be able to do Doctor Strange.
0: Exactly.
1: I don't know. Maybe we... I don't, I don't know why we don't have Daredevil in the Netflix characters. I don't know.
0: Man, well, I know you're not going to get Punisher. I know Punisher is not a very Disney-type character.
1: No, no.
0: No, no.
1: Neither is Jessica Jones, but...
0: No, well, you
1: yeah. know. Um... <laughs> but why couldn't we get shield? I don't I don't know. I am not Oh, dude. I I almost want to get Brian Crosby back to really sit down and, and go over what's the deal with cuz he's now working for Marvel. He's a uh, in a creative role with Marvel for their conventions and red carpet stuff. Right. Um, but I would love to get him on to discuss why, uh, why certain things can't happen theme park wise because he used to be a Disney Imagineer and knows the the loopholes with a lot of that. Hmm. So, but speaking of Shield, why don't we go ahead and get right into Shield? Yes, let's do that. Uh, let's let's recap.
0: All right. Um, uh.
1: Give me a quick second. All right. And we just go. Cause this week was episode four of season four. Right. I only burn and
2: desire. Let
0: me stand next to your fire. Th- that was the name of the episode. And thank let- you, Mr. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, oh, oh
1: you're, you're, you're very welcome. Very, very, <laughs> very, very, very welcome. Let, let, <laughs> let, me, let me let my guitar on fire, too. I know, I sound oh. not nothing like Jimmy.
0: <laughs> but I, you know, there was a lot of fire in this episode, both literally and figuratively. I mean, it was we, hot. We, it was hot from hot. beginning to it was hot. <laughs> like, um, it, I'm, this episode was, I mean, from May being told that, uh, well, yeah, we killed you, uh, but you know, we brought you back, which. That's a move I never thought somebody would knowingly make. But, you know, I guess when you're a genius, uh, you don't think about the fact that you're telling this to someone who can kill you just by looking at you. Um, But, of course, that's Radcliffe for you. Right. Uh, Now, The thing is. See,
1: they have a genius. We have a freaking genius.
0: We do have a freaking genius, and he would never tell May that he killed her to save her. but
1: he would touch Lola.
0: He would touch Lola. Yeah. And, uh, May is, has mad respect for Ada.
1: Um. Yeah, I was shocked by that.
0: Yeah, I mean, mad respect for Ada. She's, uh, but then again, she said, you know, Ada is strictly business. You know, she comes in, does what she needs to do, and leave. She, May doesn't see that, you know, she's dealing with Android uh, and that's no cool or whatever um, and then so you know the, the and, you know there was an interesting conversation between ADA and Radcliffe about the Turing test and you know how she she can't lie and she can't do harm to humans right but she Now she's trying to understand why did they lie to May about who she is, and that sometimes it's okay to tell. You know, and you can tell that she's trying to learn this sort of thing, which I don't know if that's good for an android to be able to pick that up. Um, You know, and so then you know we also see. Uh, we, 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 get this nice little bit of Gemma being domestic and her and Fitz looking for a new place. And, you know, she f- sees this dream apartment uh, online and she goes in to look at it only to find that the apartment is open and it is inhabited. It was empty, but inhabited by a very, very injured, uh, sky. Or, sorry, not sky. Um, She's still going to be sky to me. I can't help it. Daisy, a very interesting yeah. Daisy. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, so we have that. Um, and along with the whole discussion about, you know, what's going on with her and Daisy, you know, basically telling, um, telling Gemma about what's going on and how they, she's managed to figure out how the watchdogs. Managed to get the information on the uh, the protocols regarding uh, the uh, inhumans that were on the watch list, right? And so, so we have that, and you know, there's also we get what, to uh,
1: what What about the battle of the chains?
0: You know, that was okay. So we get we get to see our uh, old friend. Frenemy, Inhuman, James, uh, a.k.a. Hellfire, uh, who is, uh, we were believed that he was the one that was being hinted at back in the summer, uh, where you see the chain that's on fire. And You know, there are rumors that it might be Ghost Rider, but we were thinking it may, be, it may have been Hellfire. Well, then we get this awesome battle between James and Ghost Rider. And 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 then we get the iconic chain for Ghost Rider. Now that that was an awesome battle, and it had to take place inside of a fire, uh, inside of a firework fireworks store. factory.
1: Yeah, or fireworks yeah, yeah,
0: had to. And and on top of that, we get. Ghost Rider versus Lola. What a race.
2: Yeah.
0: Just, uh, what a chase. That was amazing. Um and apparently it was all based on driving skill, although I'm thinking I'm thinking that Robbie's the 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 hell Robbie's vehicle, Robbie's cruiser, I'm thinking that that might have had a little bit of otherworldly help. Yeah. You know. God. And, you know, but everything was fine until, you know, you ran into a cloaked quinchette, you know.
1: Yeah, that'll leave a mark.
0: And, and we get to meet Uncle Eli, uh, who... A.K.A. Quit- Darkhold? Yeah, oh, my God, man. This season, I mean, I didn't... Okay, it's not enough that we got Ghost Rider. It's not enough that we're finally getting away from... Uh, Hydra and all that stuff but we're the dark hold how deep are you going that you're bringing out the dark hold
1: uh, yeah yeah well so, here, here, here's a few few things that um, I guess might be a breakdown now we got uncle Eli as we said in the dark hold mm-hmm. um, because of his time as a Satanist, Eli's spirit is the ghost Rider spirit that possesses Robbie. Right. Um, so, and then to leave the prison, you have you know is when we get the Hell Charger versus Lola car right. chase. Um, of course, the dark hole is mentioned near the end of the episode again uh, when Coulson pulls a picture of it up on his tablet before telling the crew what their next mission is. And that's to find the book, and then he name drops both Hydra and Fury, saying it'll be a challenge since neither of those parties were able to find the book. So now we kind of know why Fury might have disappeared at the end of winter soldier. Yeah. So,
0: well, you know, like Fury, Fury has, has a way of seeing the coming storm before anybody else sees it, you know? And, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised that there may have been elements in Hydra who have been looking for that book as well.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the next thing as we touched on was hellfire versus ghost rider. Um, now, Daisy and Simmons were able to track down James, aka Hellfire, and warn him about the group that's killing all of the inhumans, aka the watchdogs. Not the inhumans are the watchdogs, but that's the group trying to kill mm-hmm. all the inhumans. Right. Uh, Hellfire is about to kill Daisy and Simmons when he's stopped by no other than Ghost Rider. And we have another killer sequence, mm-hmm. fight sequence between the two. Uh, the fight ends with the two falling into the fireworks warehouse and lighting everything on fire.
0: <laughs>
1: and as Jimmy said. All right. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, and then right at the end, uh, we kind of have the mini reunion with Daisy... Essentially agreeing to come back and working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and accepting the name Quake. Yeah. So to speak. But, uh, this episode though might have, um, m- might, might be the, the, that nail that's slowly put, being put into that coffin of the inhumans, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because it has, um, Coulson meeting up with Ghost Rider for the first time, going, you're not an Inhuman, are you? Mm-hmm. So so I think we're starting to see the end of the In- Inhumans um, at the end of this episode, because you know, yeah. first off, you've got Coulson and Max investigation into the undead now. Into right. the undead scientists who have gained the ability to infect regular humans with a haunting virus. Mm-hmm. Um and the only living soul that has a clue to this is Uncle Eli, mm-hmm. uh, who now we know has a tie to, to Robbie and is why Robbie's the way he is. Um, and now they're, they're now on the search for the book of Darkholm, which I wonder how much of this is going to cross over possibly with Doctor Strange. Cause now we're starting to get into that territory. That is true. Um, but I, I think, as, as my dog keeps barking, and I apologize for this, um, we're we're starting to see a more definitive landing pad for the Inhuman story. Um, the Watchdogs are being used to to kind of. I, I I think I think we're going to see the watchdog kind of tail off here once they decide how to wrap the. Uh, the Inhumans obsessed storyline that we've had for the last two and a half seasons. Right. Um, I think they're going to finally take a back seat, which they need to do. Hmm. Um. And because of that, it's. I think they need to to lend themselves to more of the. Uh, what's going on with the mystical side, and keep playing on this with Ghost Rider, and possibly tie in Doctor Strange. Um, I'm curious to see how exactly they're going to handle Doctor Strange with the show, because what they did with Civil War was weak, absolutely yeah. weak, and uh, I'm I'm not I'm not cool about that. Right. So
0: well, well, you know, um, I think I think maybe, especially with with the character like uh, Ghostwriter who is unapologetically tied to the mystical realm. So, because of that, and how there's... You know, that's one of those cases where it's an all-or-none situation. I think that what we're going to see is a stronger connection. At least I believe we'll see a stronger connection between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what's going on there and what's what's going to happen or what's happening because of Doctor Strange. And you know, to a certain degree, we may end up seeing a blip. From Iron Fist, also because you're ending up with three completely different um, uh, aspects of the mystical realm. Right? Um, because you have you have magic with Doctor Strange, Ooh. but then you know we're talking when, when we're talking about Ghost Rider, you, you're, you're talking the dark, the darker realm from 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 that side of it. But then when we get to Iron Fist, you're talking the definitely the more mystical aspects of it. So, which, you know, I guess maybe Iron Fist... Iron Fist and Doctor Strange are both mystical, but Iron Fist isn't so much magic. So, yeah, you know, I think that's more dealing with energies and chi and that
1: sort of thing. Right, right. So, well, um... I'm going to bring this up real quick, only because it's going to sidetrack us briefly. Okay. Um, on the day the, after the cover was revealed, Marvel and Midtown Comics have decided to pull its exclusive Invincible Iron Man number one variant that portrays Riri Williams in what some inept to be a sexualized depiction of the character. Have you seen this cover? No. Uh, oh. let me, let me send it to you in the notes. Okay. Or, or I mean, the, this is
0: stupid. Hold I mean, on, let me look. All right, it's, is it over there? there. I, I just sent it to you in Skype. Okay. All right, hang on, let me look.
1: I mean, it, no. Marvel Midtown decided what? to pull the cover in a joint decision. Another variant depicting the same pose. But with R- Riri in full Iron Heart armor, will still be released by Midtown.
0: What, How is it? How's that sexualized?
1: It's not. I don't think it is.
0: I, no, that's not.
1: I mean, it's not like uh, the one um, Star Wars sketch cover Princess Leia that was out. That's going for like a couple hundred, They're going for a couple thousand on eBay, with, with Leia in the slave slave outfit.
0: Was that Frank Cho?
1: No, uh... <laughs> I can't remember who the artist was. How's that? I, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with this. So whoever, whoever's complaining about this, really,
0: that's uh okay.
1: We're, we're, we're...
0: at um.
1: I'm almost tempted to call my wife over to to look at this and, and see if her opinion's I, on I,
0: it. I, I don't see okay.
1: This is PC going too far.
0: That that's wow.
1: But sorry to sidetrack, but let's let's move on to the next story. Which uh I would believe you have in regards to a uh A character that fits this time of year.
0: Oh, yes. Um, and actually the funny thing is, is that I broke this story, that this was a light-breaking story for me last week on, um, or over last weekend, actually, uh, when we were recording uh, Geek Watch 1, uh so wesley snipes we know uh has been pushing for uh the return of blade uh for quite some time and uh maybe even not so much of him as blade or maybe or as much as possibly blade's daughter you know or him mentoring her or something along the lines of that um, now, in this article from recnews.com, and this is a quote, uh, from the direct quote from the article. Fans will be happy to hear Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige has confirmed plans to release a sequel. That's right, Blade 4. We're not talking about Blade reboot. We're not talking about, uh, uh, no, th- this is Blade 4 um, the, the article goes on to say that Snipes has reportedly met with Marvel Studios on the possibility of a new film but nothing's been confirmed yet um, but Feige as well as actress Kate Beccasale have both publicly said publicly that the film will happen and uh, Feige, this is a quote from Feige, we'll do something with Blade at some point he said that's still the answer. We think he's a great character, a really fun character. Now, now this came up because Kate Beckinsale had made uh, remarks at New York Comic Con uh, earlier this month. You no, know, saying that uh, this is while she's promoting Underworld: Blood Wars, that uh, that they you know if she w- that they would love to see a possibility of her character from uh, the Underworld series, Celine and Blade, come together. You know, in a movie. And so she said that she didn't know anything about it. Um, but, you know, the thing is, and this goes on to kind of wrap it up with saying that with so many Marvel films on the docket for the next few years, it's hard to see how the studio will fit into the lineup. But it's clear Marvel wants to bring this property back as soon as possible. And I would say, I mean, Netflix. Snipes has, you think it's going to be a Netflix series? I could see it. Do you think it'll see, be, what's
1: the Snipes? I don't see it. Well, even if they did it as a Netflix original movie.
0: Oh, that would be the next
1: step. That would be the most logical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I mean, if you, if you want to get it out there, but you don't want to put it on the big screen, and you don't think it's going to fit um, the MCU, then... Let's put it as an original movie on Netflix. Then it would tie in with the Defenders. Then you could possibly bring in Moon Knight. And if you don't want to do a Moon Knight series, do a Moon Knight one-shot movie for Netflix.
0: Man, that's crack. Man, that is crack. Because if you give me my if you give me my Moon Knight movie that I've been wanting, and you let Netflix knock it out of the park like they've been knocking the series out of the park. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! I. I would love, 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 love a Moon Knight series.
1: Well, here, here, I would
0: take a Moon Knight movie. I would take it, a Moon Knight
1: movie. It, it, here's my thing: if this ends up happening, that tells me Marvel's listening to this show. We better be getting some, some uh, kickback.
0: Something. I'm just saying, you know. Jeez.
1: Uh, you put us on the payroll. Make us consultants. Uh we could do counseling fees? Consulting fees? Come up with yeah. more ideas?
0: Uh oh, I got one already. Huh. Let me think. We could take it back to say, you know, right around World War 2 or right after World War 2. And we could be talking about a, a, a unit of some type. A special forces unit, a commando unit. Um what what kind of you know like a howling commando unit?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to do a, a movie, um, I'm I'm sorry. This one might go, might run a little foul. Oh no!
0: <laughs> oh god! Well, you said it might be a little foul. I was just like, oh.
1: Wouldn't a Howard the Duck sh- show be cool?
0: <laughs> a Howard the Duck show would be perfect for Netflix. Yeah, a Howard the Duck series,
1: and, and put it almost like an Adult Swim type level of rating. Yes. Oh, Yeah. How that Marvel, come talk to us. I, we, I'm just saying. Look, what is the audience you need to be that you're trying to reach? We we know.
0: We do. I mean, people like wrong, and. Howard the Duck is wrong on so many levels, and and you could we're we're talking about the same network that does BoJack Horseman.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was pretty much it with uh, Blade Four, right?
0: Yeah, that I mean that's enough of a bombshell right there. But yeah, Blade, you know.
1: Well, how about this? Kevin Feige feels. The fire that the Defenders might appear in Avengers Affinity War. Of course, this all comes out after we recorded last week. Or as of we course. recorded last week. Um, the One question, if everybody included the characters from... Uh, he, he has a quote. Uh, where was this? At the IMAX preview of Doctor Strange. Uh, he sits down with IGN to discuss the upcoming Affinity War movie. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the fun about these two movies that we're doing essentially at the same time is everybody's there. When questioned if everybody included the characters for starring in Marvel's television adaptations, such as The Defenders or Ghost Rider, Feige responded, Ghost Rider, there is no Ghost Rider cart- or series, unless they spin it off. Could that be a hint that they're spending off Ghost Rider? Yeah, you know, of course. You know, as we said last week, Feige responded with spoilers. Um, Mike Coulter suggested, though, that Luke Cage will never appear in a Marvel movie. But doesn't mean that. But now we have the have a hint that this could happen uh, with 68 characters appearing in Avengers: Infinity War. Um, it was later explained by the Russo brothers as being a joke. But we do know that they're getting a ton of new characters regardless. If you combine the total number of Avengers past and present, Guardian heroes that we're soon to see, Captain Marvel, Doc Strange, and villains, we, we reach around the 40 mark. And there's plenty of space to include the likes of Ghost Rider, Defenders, Quake, S.H.I.E.L.D. into the movies. And that seems a considerable amount, Even though Infinity War will no longer be two parts. But it's still being shot concurrently with the untitled Avengers sequel. So spread across two movies is not an outlandish number of characters. Hmm. So. this, This just keeps getting bigger and
0: bigger. How long is this movie going to be, dude? I don't know.
1: Now, have you seen the trailer... Four... Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. Yes,
0: two. I... Yes, I have.
1: Groot in a red jacket. <laughs> One of my favorite lines is Drax looking at Starlord. Do you need a hug? No, 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 I'm fine. And he goes and gives him a hug. <laughs> he says,
0: there are two kinds of people
1: in this world. Those who dance and those who don't. Yeah. This looks. I, I, I'm really impressed with with this trailer. I, I'm excited for Guardians too. Oh my gosh, dude! The, this is this is gonna be fun. It's it's gonna be. And, I, I and we haven't seen any of the new characters that are supposed no. to be in the movie in this. And that and the thing that and kills he, me is they still use Hooked on the Feeling for the trailer for this teaser trailer.
0: And Yondu looks like classic Yondu.
1: Yeah. His, his mohawk's gotten, gotten better. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, this, 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 this looks killer. It, it oh, really yeah. does. Uh, I, I'm kind of excited and kind of stoked about this. So, um, how about this? How well do you know Nightcrawler?
0: Well, I, I, I think that uh, I'm pretty knowledgeable. I mean, I've known him ever since you know, I don't know, he first appeared, you know, relatively anyway.
1: Well, I, I, I found this article from a site called The Richest. Mm-hmm. Unique site. Um, but it's like Nightcrawler, also known as Kurt Wagner. Yep. Um, it, here, here's 15 things you might not know about him. Okay. Like Robin from the Distinguished Competition. He grew up in a circus. Did you know that? I knew, I did know that. Okay. How about this for number two? Um, I mean, it's no secret that many comic book characters have unusual childhoods. Uh, Mm -hmm. but Nightcrawler, um, you know, when his parents were not able to raise their blue skinned offspring, they abandoned him and he found refuge in a friend with friendly circus folks because, you know, they accept everyone right yeah uh number 14 rogue is his sister kind of
0: i did not know that
1: uh anyone who knows that even the slightest bit about the comic book world knows that family relations particularly particularly when you mix in mutants and affairs and all that is complicated business can be incredibly twisted and complex uh nightcrawler is no different his mother as many of you know is mystique but he has always thought he was an only child who had been abandoned by his parents. Later, he found out that he had a few siblings, including Rogue. Well, kind of. While Nightcrawler is Mystique's biological son, Rogue is essentially her adopted daughter. Someone ah, she cared that's right. for. Ah, okay.
0: Yes. Right, okay, yeah. Uh,
1: his father is a demon. um uh, turns out his father is Azri- Azazel, who is actually a demon. Right. How about this? He becomes the Pope briefly.
0: I did not know that about him. I knew he was super religious, but I didn't know I did not know that he had become the Pope for a bit.
1: Um, well, Nightcrawler certainly wasn't just a Sunday Catholic. His faith was a fu- huge part of his character, and his devotion served as a remarkable um, juxt- juxtaposition to his demonic appearance. Within the comic book world, he eventually gets roped into the storyline where he becomes a Catholic priest. Seems like a great fit, right? Uh, Well, if it was a legitimate storyline, turns out that Nightcrawler's beliefs were used as ammunition against him by some villains. He was eventually tasked with replacing the Pope in that storyline, and the villains got a got what they really wanted because everyone saw a demonic-looking pope and didn't bother to learn that his faith was strong and that he, in fact, was leading a holy life. They immediately labeled him as an antichrist because of how he looked. Now, here's another tidbit. He was almost part of the DC universe instead of Marvel.
0: See, now I did not know that.
1: When it comes to the comic book world, there are a few outliers. The majority of the characters and stories come up. Come from one of two universes, either DC or Marvel. In fact, many fans themselves are a bit torn between which universe to support. Now, honestly, I do support both, but there there's a few things. But on this show, we support Marvel. Um, however, Nightcrawler has a bit of a foot in both camps. Nightcrawler's creator, Dave Cockrum, initially pitched the demonic-looking. Figure to DC Comics as part of the Outsiders.
0: Ah, okay. However,
1: the powers at DC didn't feel that Nightcrawler was really a good fit. Eventually, Cockrum began working on the X Men universe, and suddenly it was a bit of a strange-looking potential hero became a compelling mutant, and that all things, de- all the things that DC didn't hadn't liked, were suddenly assets. Nightcrawler moved over to the Marvel world and made his debut in 1975. Uh, he was born in Bavaria.
0: Okay, that's um, a new one
1: on me. So, pretty much. Professor Xavier saved his life once. Which, isn't that how he kind of, you know, became a part of the X-Men?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, you would think.
1: Uh, he falls for his foster sister. Um... Family ties in the comic book world are a bit murky as we continue this family ties theme. I feel like Michael J. Fox should be coming in next. (laughs) And there are definitely a few characters who engage in incest or borderline incest, not Disney-friendly. No. Uh, But as we know, with Nightcrawler, he was abandoned when he was a child. Yes, because we've mentioned it three other times, and the story has mentioned it at least three other times. And one of the main sources of his support was a sorceress named Margali, who had a daughter, Jemani, if I'm pronouncing that right. Though they don't have any blood ties, Nightcrawler and Jemani, or Jemaine, Jemaine?
0: Jemaine, were, I believe, yeah. Uh,
1: were essentially raised as siblings. Um, Jemaine eventually inherited her mom's powers and followed her brother, who has since become a member of the X-Men. She changed her name to Amanda Sefton. And all grown up, the two began a romance. Though they're technically not related, um, fans still found the pairing just a little too close to uh, creepy. So, uh, his, yeah. tel- his teleportation skills are pretty insane. Oh yeah, um, especially when he has Banff, and he can use that Banff as a as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the shadows, he's invisible. Um, he could transform his appearance thanks to an image inducer, which we saw also in um in the X Men cartoon from the nineties. Yep. Um Bamps were created from his blood. So I guess Bamps were like um not the sound bamps, but bamps are almost like Bat Mites. Okay. <laughs> so and they were while blue bamps were fed from Nightcrawler's blood. Red Bamps were being fed with Azazel's blood. Okay. Azazel, Azazel's blood.
0: Azazel, I think.
1: Azazel, yeah. Um, he has no soul. And then as we talked about, um, Mystique is his mom. And originally, his mother was supposed to be his father. Uh, this one's kind of creepy because Mystique is a woman. <laughs> um, and as anyone who has seen her portrayal in the film world knows that, uh, okay, why does this keep changing on me? Um, the, uh, but she can change into the form of a man. Uh, per- perhaps Marvel felt a bit nervous, including a same sex couple back then. So the, the writers changed it up. But the thing that kills me is, um, an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. They, they have it where Nightcrawler is no relation to Mystique. No, not at all. So, will change that in the movie universe. But where do you go from here? Just don't know. Just, no. Mm. Um, well, where we can go, do we, oh, how about the Logan trailer? Let's talk about that real quick. Okay. Have you seen it?
0: You know what? I have not. Uh, I, I I somehow managed to miss that one. Uh, it is on my list. Catch it. This thing uh, is
1: amazing. Uh, Patrick Stewart's in it. Right. Uh, we see different stages of X-23 in it, or or Logan's daughter. Right. Um, it, this one's a little darker. It, it's definitely a darker, seems like a slightly darker movie. Um, and if they end up going with a new Mutants movie, mm-hmm. this is possibly setting up X twenty three fairly well for that?
0: Yeah, when so, I go when I go into my YouTube, it, it's like one of the first things that comes right up for me. I'm like, oh, well, okay.
1: This thing's phenomenal. It's it's fairly fairly long, though. I want to say it's what five minutes almost. Wow, is it?
0: Uh, it is two. At least this one is shows two minutes and eighteen seconds, which is still pretty long for a for a trailer though you know
1: yeah 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 it's uh i don't it's it's pretty wild i it, it's it's fun to see where they're going with this um
0: it, it seems like to be a good way to end the series yeah or to take it to a new direction if that's what they want to do with it
1: yeah yeah Let's see if I get break quick breakdown on the um, well this was announced too all this is popping up as we're recording tonight Mm -hmm. Benedict Wong thrilled to be announced uh, thrilled to announce he will be in Affinity War oh Um, while everybody's looking ahead to Doctor Strange which comes out uh, in a couple weeks Um, we're starting to get news about another movie that's not going to be in the theaters until 2018 Uh, and of course, it's still going, it's still making headlines. As we, know, as the Russo brothers have joked about 68 characters, um, Mm -hmm. Benedict Wong, Wong shared in an interview that he will be a part of the giant cast. He goes, I'm thrilled I'm going, I'm going to be in Infinity War and I look forward to it. Uh, I'll tell you that one first. Wong's character, whose character name is also Wong. Uh his appearance in the film could be tied to his role as the caretaker of store of the stores of mystical knowledge and the artifacts of Kamar Jai or Taj. Um, in the role in that role it's entirely possible he has some knowledge of the Infinity Stones, which are at mm-hmm. the center of the Infinity War. As okay. Doctor Strange's right hand man, it also makes sense that he will be showing up in the movie, especially since Cumberbatch is also gonna be making an appearance. So how's that? That's awesome. That that's going to be f- phenomenal. Um. Oh, where is it? I thought I saw Tilda Swinton petitions for an Agent One spinoff. Latia <laughs> uh, Wright is cast in a mysterious role at, in Black Panther. Um. Where where is the first there's the trailer for that but where where's the info on the trailer for Logan hmm. Oh, Logan trailer recap I'm just going to do it this way there you go uh, I don't want the I don't want a YouTube video so here's the recap so spoilers if you haven't seen it mm-hmm. um, let's take a look at the dialogue Xavier Logan I'm not uh, hmm. what did you do Logan, Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants, they're gone now. And then, with next shot, next scene, who is she? Xavier, she's like you, very much like you. She needs our help. Logan, someone will come along. Xavier, someone has come along. Xavier again. Logan, you still have time. Mm. Um. Now, it, it starts off, you know, he's drinking in sorrows at a cemetery. All his friends are dead, except for Xavier. Um... It looks like the series is going to end on a high note, though, with all this. Uh, Charles is in a hospital bed, uh, and no one wants to ever see him in a hospital bed since he's the soul of the the franchise. Um, Logan says hi to Laura, uh, a.k.a. X-23, but no one's actually confirmed if this is X-23, but that's who everyone's guessing. Um, We see a shot, Stephen Marchant as Caliban.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Uh, we see Boyd Holbrook as Donald Pierce. Uh, Pierce and the rest of the Reavers seem to have found Xavier. Um, and then the two faces of the franchise are saying goodbyes, and in the middle we see a new face to take over. Mm-hmm. And then um, during the final fight, uh, there, there's one scene where we see it looks like claws or spikes over the head of of Logan. Um as we're alluding to that, this might be the last time we see Logan as well. You know, the Hugh Jackman is Wolverine and mm-hmm. then, um, it, it kind of ends at the end with an injured and, and weary Logan standing with Laura next to him. She's wearing sunglasses probably because she's either been crying or because she's got a black eye, uh, your choice, but <laughs> it, it feels like he, he's just buried an old friend and everyone's going, you know, everyone I've been seeing online is going, we hope it's not Charles. So, mm-hmm. um, mm. th- this this trailer is going to be something else. It really is.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I when uh, I will stay up, stay up a little later, watch it, and probably go back and watch it again immediately after.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's that time. <laughs> Well, it's time for the picks of the week. So, um, Colin, why don't you start us off?
0: Sure. Okay, well, my first pick was, is uh you know you know, I'm gonna go with the number one. Uh Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme, number one. Um and that's my screen so it has to take its own time. Uh, uh the writer is uh robbie thompson the penciler is javier rodriguez and the cover artist is rafael albuquerque uh
1: don't say albuquerque because every time you do we make a wrong turn (laughs) we We do don't we 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 should go left not right
0: i have to remember that (laughs) uh the bad things always happen when we go there um An ancient evil threatens to unravel the fabric of reality, and one Sorcerer Supreme may not be enough. Doctor Strange must unite past, present, and future Sorcerer Supremes to stem the coming darkness. Merlin, the Ancient One, Wiccan, and more. But Strange should watch his back. Not all these Sorcerers have his best interests in mind.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the number seven. This is written by Charles Soleil. And penciler is Phil Noto. It's Star Wars Poe Dameron, number seven. Agent Terex has sworn vengeance against Poe Dameron, but how does this? But how does he always seem to know what Black Squadron is doing? Could there truly be a traitor in their midst? So, I guess on to the number two picks.
0: All right, my number two pick is Nighthawk, number six. Uh, the writer is David F. Walker, Penciler is Ramon Villabos, Villabos, and the cover artist is Dennis Cowan. And this is the bloody conclusion to the saga of The Revelator. Nighthawk faces his greatest challenge, a life-or-death fight from which there will be no turning back. Can the man that defends Chicago remain a hero, or must he become a villain in order to protect his city? This is the last book in that in that series.
1: Oh man! Well, my second pick is going to be a. Uh, it's a number ten. It's Agents of Shield, number ten, written by Mark Guggenheim, and penciler is Ario and Nidito. Uh, the Shield Civil War concludes. Will Coulson return to his team? Will Jenna? Will Gemma Simmons live? Who is the new Deathlock? Get your answers here.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Uh, were the interns just rebelling this week? Uh,
0: maybe because uh, my number six looks like it was written by the same person. Well, or my number three, which okay. is number six, um, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number six. The writer is Nick Spencer. The penciler is Javier Pena, and the cover artist is Paul Renaud. The Civil War Two tie-in with Captain with. The Marvel Universe at War Steve Fights for Peace Guest starring Captain Marvel Well then uh, Do did we, did we know about uh, Eric's picks? Did he send those in? Uh,
1: I'm not sure Jarvis if you could check into that please Affirmative So uh, well Jarvis is looking into that uh, My final pick, Star Wars number 24 Writer is Jason Aaron Penciler is George Molina Or Jorge Molina Sergeant Creel and Scar Squad are on board the Harbinger and they specialize in taking down rebels hard. Can Luke and company make it off the Star Destroyer alive? And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Ah, looks like we have something from Eric. What could that be?
2: Hey guys, uh, apparently I'm not going to be able to join you again this week. Um, I'm on a mission that's uh, supposedly called Level 13. That's where they don't even tell you where they're at. Uh, This looks to be like some kind of call center. I've tried to ask for information about where I'm at, but unfortunately nobody seems to speak English. So, well, anyway, I am going to just have to phone these in. These are my picks for the week. For October 26th, I do believe, uh, yes, October 26th, New Comic Book Day, pick number one is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 12, written by Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair, penciled by Natasha Bustos, and Amy Reader as the cover artist. Cosmic Cooties concludes. Lanella Lafayette has a big role to play in the Marvel Universe. It's going to shock everyone except her. But first, she needs to put Kid Cree in his place while defending herself from an alien attack force. And then, win the science fair while swapping brains with a 30-foot T-Rex, not known for his smarts. Pick number two is Deadpool number 21, written by Ian Desher and Jerry Duggan, penciled by Matteo Lolli and few others, with Mike Hawthorne as the cover artist. It's not a tumor. Starts now. You can't keep a good madcap down. First, this massively oversized issue brings you the return of Deadpool's greatest nemesis. He's back in the most horrific way possible, and he's out for revenge. Then say hello to Shakespeare, the mercenary of Venice, as Deadpool goes Shakespeare for an all-new 60-page tale by Ian Descher, William Shakespeare's Star Wars series. These old plays you were supposed to read in English class just got a lot more interesting don't say we never taught you anything pick number three is prowler number one written by sean ryan pencil by jamal campbell and cover artist travel foreman clone conspiracy tie-in even a superhero's life can get boring double check your gear patrol the city save the innocent report back to your boss the jackal wait what why is prowler working for the jackal What does a resurrected Madam Web have to do with him? And what has Prowler already done that may have compromised him? Now, just because y'all know that I am all about finding debut issues for my Marvel Unlimited picks, and since this is my pick for the week, let's go back to November 1969 to find our first appearance of the prowler in amazing spider-man 78 night of the prowler written and edited by stan lee penciled by john buscema and cover artist john ramita senior while swinging through the city spider-man is lost in thought thinking over the past couple of days uh he stops to call gwen and asks her to meet with him but you know she tells him he she's busy uh unfortunately what peter doesn't know is that flash thompson is over there for a visit now, he goes back to the apartment that he shares with Harry Osborn. He tries to study, but he finds that he cannot get Gwen off the brain, so he decides to go and see her anyway. Now, unfortunately, along the way, he sees Gwen with Flash Thompson when he walks up uh, past the Coffee Pot Cafe, I think it is. Unaware, she's seeking advice about Peter and his secret. Well, Peter just assumes the two of them have become an item, and he just storms off. Uh, meanwhile two tough guys try to give him trouble, but of course he doesn't he doesn't stand for it. He just unconsciously brushes him off with his spider string before he realizes what he's done. Oops. Uh, meanwhile, Hobie Brown, a young American African American inventor who has to work as a window cleaner to support himself and his girlfriend, is cleaning the Daily Bugle building. However, J. Jonah Jameson comes and asks him why he's been daydreaming at one window for so long. Hobie's racist boss enters the room and the trio get into an argument about Hobie's job and, ironically enough, Jameson is siding with Hobie on this. Eventually, Hobie gets his fill and he just quits. He's finally fed up with the constant struggles to make ends meet when he has such a brilliant mind, (laughs) don't we all? Uh, Hobie converts specially made talons and fluid shooters, which he created for his window cleaning job, into instruments for crime and makes a costume. Thus, the Prowler is born. Meanwhile, Peter unsuccessfully tries to get a loan from Jane Jogan and Jameson. The Prowler attacks the Bugle building in order to score some publicity. Of course, Peter's Spider Sense warns him of the Prowler's presence. He decides that he doesn't have time to change into Spider-Man, though, and goes to find out what's going on. He finds the Prowler in the process of stealing the payroll bag from one of the officers. Uh, Peter tries to stop the Prowler, but Jameson suddenly enters the room, and now Peter is in a dilemma, because any feat of spider strength could possibly tip J. Jonah Jameson off to his secret identity. And this story, in typical cliffhanger fashion, is continued next issue. Alright guys, those are my three picks for the week, and especially also my Marvel Unlimited pick for the week. Y'all have a wonderful time there in the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair, and I'll see if I can find my way back from wherever here is to be with y'all next week. Ciao! Interesting. Level 13. Yeah,
0: level 13, which means never touch Lola
1: again. (laughs) What happens on level 13 stays on level 13. And the first role of level 13 is you don't talk about level 13. Hmm. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's it's gonna get interesting. Yeah, it is. So, (laughs) um, any final thoughts?
0: Uh, no, man, I'm just uh I'm I'm really excited with uh the direction that uh, Agents of Shield is going in, man. I'm 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 enjoying every episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I it's looking good. Um mm-hmm. I, I'm liking the fact that they're slowly going away from uh, the Inhumans and slowly wrapping up that overdue storyline, or mm-hmm. the the, fun, the wrap up is overdue. Um, so I'm glad they're they're wrapping it up, or oh, it yeah. looks like they're trying to wrap it up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, um, well, if if there's no other final thoughts, and that wraps it up for us, right? Uh, Jarvis, if you would please, all wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. Mm -hmm. This tune is still catchy. Uh So, what? I said, This tune is still catchy. I love this (laughs) man.
0: I just love that we have a theme song, man. Yeah.